You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You need to, you need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. For another edition of In the Huddle, Carl Dukes put him up along with my man Brian Baldinger, Jason Lockon for a part of this podcast as well. Baldy, I want to jump right in and ask you about pre-draft testing. All the buzz said that CJ Stroud had a poor S2, right? Which has kind of replaced the Wonderlick in some some teams' estimation. He still went number two overall. And I'm just curious, you know, now that we've gotten through the draft, we talk about all these things that they look at. Is this BS? I mean, how much stock should I put into this stuff? Well, it's, I, I thought it was very strange, Carl, when the S2 test scores came out literally two days before the draft. You know, and so C.J. Stroud's got a hot mic in front of him going, hey, what about your score? And he's like, I'm not a test taker. I'm a football player. At that time, when those when that, when that stuff was being released, I mean, I think it's just ugly, Carl, to be honest with you. And, um, and it happens every year. There's something. Lyle Collins gets a case dropped right in front of him right before the draft. He gets sent home from the draft. We saw what happened to Laramie Tunsil right before the draft. There seems like there's just this nasty thing that a bomb that could just go off at any time before the draft. In this case, the S2 test, you know, people were saying that Houston was really uh, that really subscribed to that test. They really paid attention to it. And then Nick Casario comes out and says, we, we've never subscribed to it. So you just wonder, like, where it's all coming from and what it's designed to do. Houston seemed very, very certain about C.J. Stroud and his ability. And they they turned that card in very quickly to almost reassure everybody. Okay, yeah. Bryce Young's going one. we got our guy going number two. And, you know, we see three quarterbacks go in the top four. And, you know – you just go back and look at these past drafts. I studied all these past drafts. 2020 was a terrible draft. You look at these quarterbacks at the top of these drafts. Like it's, I mean, there's Joe Burrow, there's Josh Allen, there's Mahomes, and there's not a whole lot else at the top. You know, you can find like what happened to Zach Wilson. Well, maybe it'll work out. Maybe it'll work out. I mean, just, it's so inexact. And if they're just throwing these scores in to try and plummet somebody, Mm -hmm. That's not really fair because the and so my take, Carl, is this is if you've got a flaw or if you've got a weakness, whether it's a quarterback, whether it's the way you process information, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, recovery speed, it gets everything get ex- gets exposed at the NFL level. Like if you can't process quickly, you'll get exposed quickly. Like it's 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 not going to get better. And so I just think that the NFL when we play the games on Sunday, 
we're going to get a lot of these guys are going to be overvalued, Carl, just overvalued. And that's just, and it will, it will tell you, we will find that out once we start playing on Sundays. What's interesting about this, Baldy, is Peter Skaronsky came out. He was doing an interview with The Athletic, and it came out yesterday that they're meeting with the Atlanta Falcons. Peter Skaronsky, the tackle that uh, the offensive lineman that ended up going to the Titans. Yep. And he said that Arthur Smith called him boring while they were meeting. And he said, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here, and you guys can go look at it if you want to see it. But he basically was saying, you know, he's answering all these questions. He's being very, very thorough. He thought, thought in his mind. And Arthur Smith, the head coach of the Falcons, is like, you're boring me. And I took this two ways, Baldy, and I'm curious to know what you think about this because we always are curious about what comes out in these meetings, what is yeah. said in these meetings. And I'm sitting there thinking. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You want me to draft you like these teams meet with these kids and they're going, impress me. You want me to draft you, right? I'm going to ask you some questions, but if I'm getting stock answers, then I'm not thorough. I'm not going to be impressed by that. And I think that's what Arthur Smith was inferring. Now, again, I haven't had a chance to talk to Arthur about it, but I don't think it was harmful in the way that it sounds when you say, well, you're boring me. And like he tuned him out. I just think Arthur was like, listen, I'm asking you these questions and you're giving me the yes, sir, no, sir responses. You know, how do you take it? Well, I mean, first of all, most of these kids are coached up about, you know, what to prepare for, which is smart in any interview, not just in an NFL, but any interview you should prepare for what's coming. And so it can sound like it's a stock answer. I, I happen to have interviewed Peter Skronsky for NFL Network, you know, a couple of days before the draft. And I thought he was great. I mean, really good. Um, and, you know, because I was asking him, what about the short arms, Peter? Does that bother you? You know, like, we, you know, we were hitting him with, with some fun stuff. And his, you know, his grandfather played for the Packers, always wanted to play for the Packers. Well, what if you get drafted by the Bears? Are you still going to be a Packer? You know, like just, he was good. He was really good. You know, I don't know. Arthur drafted B. B. John Robinson, one of the more flashy, outgoing players in this whole draft. So he probably got what he wanted. But all I want to know, like like the best boring player I ever played with was the best tight end I've ever seen in Mark Bavaro. But Mark Bavaro barely opened his mouth. And when he did, it usually came out in little bits and pieces, and it was usually biting and very funny. But the toughest, best player tight end I ever played with. I don't think you can gauge anybody's personality in the game of football because we all come in different shapes and size. You've been around this game forever, Carl. You know how it is. I mean, there's just some guys that 
you they light up when the cameras are there and the lights are on, they light up. And then some guys, they just can't stand it. You know, I just saw a little clip the other day of, you know, Peyton's place, you know, Peyton and Marshawn Lynch. And Peyton is asking Marshawn about his interviews and why he hated the media. You know, and Marshawn is one of the best running backs we've ever seen in the last, you know, two decades. And he just had a thing with the media. Like he just didn't trust him, didn't like him, didn't care for him. And he acted accordingly. Like I, I just, all I want to know from any of these interviews, if you can gleam it, Carl, does the guy love football? And I know yeah. Skaronsky loves football. So I don't know. Like I, I saw it come out. I read it. I, I kind of took it the same way you did, Carl. I could take it two different ways. I don't think it was a knock on Peter at all. Now, I, and I hope people don't see that, you know, and people may see that report and think that Arthur's an a-hole or something, you know, no. I don't, I, that's not the case. These guys are trying to ask questions to get just a little bit more insight to your point. <laughs> Baldy, I think there are certain things that franchises have and do that are very successful. And I just want to, I want to go through these with you and I want to yeah. kind of talk about this because now that we're through the draft and we're through free agency. So ownership obviously matters, right? Your quarterback matters. We, that's why all these teams are drafting quarterbacks. Um, draft matters because you got to draft right. I think the coach and GM, you know, their relationship, and I'm just talking about these successful organizations yep. and why they seem to get it right over and over and over, right? The Steelers, and, and you know, you talk about they draft right, and you, you look at what's happened with, with uh, you know, Kansas City, even though they've kind of retooled. I don't think you can be afraid of change. When you're talking about these top organizations, I think about Howie Roseman and how he went away from Carson Wentz. And I also just think that, you know, when you talk about these these teams that always seem to get it right, I don't think they rest on their laurels, Baldy. I think they, they're willing to, like, it's not just, okay, everything's perfect all the time. Tell me what you think about the teams that you feel like consistently get it right now that we've gone through this offseason process. And you go, damn, it seems like every time I turn around – they don't make the mistakes. Well, I mean, I could give you a lot of examples, but let's just start in general here. I mean, I, I believe in a head coach, general manager relationship has got to be airtight and strong. Like I remember I was in uh, Latrobe last summer. Mike Tomlin's running like a training camp, like literally out of 1980. I mean, it's full speed. It's full contact. I mean, you can hear the leather popping. And they had just picked up like a corner – from like the Atlanta Falcons or somebody. He was out on the street, picked him up. He's out there in pads that day. And I just remember Mike T going, like Andy White on Omar Khan or the new front office for the Steelers. And he was just said, like, I'm, I'm talking to Andy on the sideline. And we're watching this, you know, nine on nine on seven scrimmage, whatever. And I just hear Mike going, hey, Andy, give me, give me some of that tape on that corner, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go watch him. I'm, I'm watching him right now. I kind of like what I see. Just go give me some tape on Like, it never – the interaction – Never, never stops. Um, you, you know, if you go to the New York Giants, and I feel like they got this right. Joe Shane, you know, and the new head coach there, um, they seem really joined at the hip. You know, getting contracts done, how they approach the draft, what they got. And, and for a long time, it wasn't that way. You know, the GM was there, the coaches came and went, vice versa. The Jets had this revolving door of coaches, general managers. They could never get it right. I feel like Joe Douglas and Robert Sala got it right now, but it takes teams a long time. And so it's you, you turmoil is never good in this industry. 
you just get eaten up. You get eaten up in the transitions and the turnover, what one guy likes, what another coach, uh, you know, uh, uh, covets. So I feel like you've got to have consistency. You can't have turmoil. you got to be thinking with one brain between, you know, the, the personnel side. And, you know, sometimes you can just feel it, Carl, just walking into a building. Mm-hmm. Like this is a cohesive, united group. And it starts there. I mean, you go to Seattle, you talk to John Schneider. John Schneider's the most unassuming individual there is. He's not out there beating his chest and this, that. He just tells you, you know, tell me about Abe Lucas last year, John. You know, like this is what I saw, Baldy, you know, tough guy, you know, physical. And, I mean, I think they got this draft right. I think they got last year's draft right. I think mm-hmm. Russell Wilson gone was the good move for them. They got ahead of it. Um, they got a good decade out of Russell. But I feel like they had to make a, a tough decision. They did. and But they made it in unison about how they want to build a football team and what Pete Carroll covets. And that's how I think they're building it. So it, it starts with the vision of the coach, the general manager recognizing that vision, and then you kind of go from there. Great, great examples. I totally agree with you on Seattle. 